What's going on, everyone? My name is Chris Sondold, and this is Ambition Radio. This is a podcast where we interview people who have been able to find that balance between their life, their career, their family, and the pursuit of their passions, their dreams, or their hobbies, and how they stay motivated to continue to do so. This week, we have Aaron Mason of 38 North Recording Studio in Falls Church, Virginia, and the band Virginia Creep. It was nice to be able to catch up with Aaron at 38 North. It's a beautiful studio, so please definitely check that out. I'll put all the links down in the show notes, so make sure you go through there and hit up Aaron for any of your recording needs. Thank you, everyone, who has given me feedback on the show so far. I definitely appreciate it. Uh, Please rate and review on iTunes. It'll definitely help me out. And without further ado, here's the show. Enjoy. So tell me about the, the new place that you have now. Um, man, where to begin? Uh, <laughs> this is part of a, a studio that's been around for a few decades, Q and Falls Church. And uh, actually, Ben, who we were just talking about, like playing, played with for years, um, he told me about the fact that this room was being sold to somebody. And I was like, put my name in the hat. <laughs> And he did, and um, I I contacted the uh, the future owner to um, do like test sessions because she she wanted to test mm-hmm. out the room and see you know what the limitations were blah blah blah, and um, it didn't happen twice because it snowed once and then the other time there was something else booked here and gotcha. we couldn't do it. So I was supposed to do like this blues band. That Ben plays. He actually plays with Johnny Graves now. That that Ben plays in all the bands. Right. We we talked about that on on his episode. Is that we, we he's a machine, and I don't understand how he does everything that he does. <laughs> on top of the fact that he runs fifteen miles, two venues, four shows. Anyway, that it's it's nonsense, and he's a madman. I don't I don't know how, <laughs> how he does it. I can barely get up. If I knew, I would be doing it. You right. Know? Right. Um, <laughs> what is this place called now? 38 North. 38 North? Yeah. All right, so it's part of Q Studios. It then... used to be. Okay. So it's been sold. Everything inside, uh, we've renovated it, made it our own, rebranded it, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to say blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that's all right. Um, but everyone that's involved is really all about the thing that I'm all about, which is the creative part of making good things in this city you know like it's a weird area and there's not there's not like a big studio like if you think of some some famous studios in like other cities like in nashville and stuff like um, that la and new york and london and you know all those famous studios that might be popping in your head now but there isn't anything like that here i feel it's like It's like, oh yeah, that that sort of exists, but I don't know if anyone views it outside of the city as anything major. Yeah, I think the biggest studio in the area is probably still Inner Ear. And yeah, that, but it's not even big, you know. Yeah, and even that is is small. Like it's but still. But that's the one that has the the um the further well, you know, further back in time, the reputation. Right. You know, of something happened there. Right. And that's what we want to happen. That's what I've always wanted to happen, and a lot of, 
a lot of my friends that also do this and own other studios. It's it's cool that, you know, it seems like there's a need for it. Hopefully, you know that <laughs> people grab onto it. Um, but um, I think if you just have the right people that are passionate, I think we about do. It, you yeah. know, I really do. I mean, that that's why I just kind of pushed my way in, and <laughs> and I was like, I want this. I'm ready for this. You know, and then um, became like, I don't know. The title's weird because it's like I'm not exactly like if we were open and we were existed for a while, there'd be somebody who's just the studio manager and right. you could know what that means. But right. the studio manager isn't wiring every single thing in the whole entire place. Right. And, You're literally building it from the ground up. Right. So I'm I'm sort of the studio manager slash head engineer here, I guess. Right. So I have to maintain everything and um wire everything and uh make my friends my new friends who you. are my yeah, yeah. interns miss <laughs> Allen abe helped me do all this stuff and you know but i'm still like cleaning toilets so <laughs> that's, that's fair so i got both the jobs i guess um but it's definitely like the dream situation that i've been waiting for cuz cuz i i it's like you know as a as a creative person um not making, you know, the big bucks right. to buy something like this. And a lot of times you need somebody who can put the money forth. And you hope that it's somebody who's worth working with and that you don't feel like, oh, why did I do this? But <laughs> um, Sarah is not that. You right. know, she's excellent, you know. So you have recording uh, studio history before. And then you also had your band history. So when you look at that, are are you bringing any of that stuff with you for this one? And then how does that compare with your your music and that creative kind of, I guess, outlet? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that you can now create your own space to do pretty much whatever you want to, it sounds like, right? Yeah, I don't think that's hit me yet. I, I keep kind of thinking about it and i keep wanting to text ben like before he leaves for tour because he'll have some time to talk to me at, at right. that point and say so we have this studio basically now that we can do what anything do what we think will. of yeah, yeah. kind of um let's do some stuff and um that feeling is awesome um i don't know that i can entirely feel it yet because i'm still like time crunch yeah, to yeah. like get all this stuff together and like I mean, we have all this, like, we have a bunch of new gear that I don't even know how to use because, like, <laughs> I haven't been able to look at the manual or, like, use it yet. Right. You know? This is a very unique space where it has a lot of the, the modern technology but also intertwined with some of the, the older stuff in here. There's the, the tape tape reel back here, which is amazing, and then all the it, – it really looks like it's, you know, 70s, 80s, and today – which yeah, is... well, a lot of the stuff has been here a long time. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the the two-inch tape machine um, and then uh, a lot of the synths and stuff are, are really old. And um, some of the amps are pretty old. And then since we're going to have some old, other older amps from next door come in, um, you know, we're going to have a lot of, like, that stuff that maybe, like, us pseudo-dinosaurs, like, <laughs> love. But we also have behind you is an amp profiler it's like a digital amp profiler and you can actually profile your own amp with it 
and then it sends impulses into the into the amp and then it comes out and records those impulses and then makes a profile inside and then you can tweak it from there you can start turning knobs and stuff and you can buy preset you can buy sounds that people have made you know profiles and stuff and so we have that uh, capability and that's what we wanted you know right. so um and then we have you know we don't have a like giant board we have like a really nice avid control that you know has all the board stuff except for the big you know the preamps and stuff which makes it huge so mm -hmm. um but you know and we all love those sounds and they haven't it hasn't changed that like old neve and api stuff is like great um but we also updated to like the new pro tools and so we have the most current pro tools and right. the newest mac and stuff so we can you know sort of appease anybody that can come in because we want those people that were like in their basements and they're like I, I need a live room i don't have a live room and we have a giant one with like 19 foot ceilings and um and then have all those kinds of software plugins everything that they can come in and use and, and they don't skip a beat when they come in and then they can go home so you're truly all-purpose you're, you're we're trying we're, we, we hope you know we hope that we can be you know, and then and then for the bands that can come in and record live, you know, um, we can do all that. And um, I mean, that's what I love doing. So um, we just have to, you know, I think you run into problems when you don't decide to um, accept innovation and, and things coming in that are new. And I, I think that's why, you know, you see stores that have been around forever and then they just like close and you're like what happened and it's, well because they refuse to to, to update get with it, to yeah innovate, to yeah to just at least try to and a lot of it is too late sometimes they try so hard to to get in and they have no idea what they're doing <laughs> which i've seen just a lot throw of times money at it. Yeah, yeah yeah just throw money at it and then they just tank and it, it's just a bad yeah. time I don't, have you seen that that movie that um about sound city uh no i don't dave Grohl made about the studio out in I california i haven't seen that i saw um his the, the whole like sonic highway thing which was really okay. cool gotcha um but i didn't see the actual i think that spawned from this sound yeah, city movie yeah, yeah. and it was about the studio out there that like a lot of my favorite records were done there was um, that out in the desert in california or is that it was in van nuys yeah okay so it was like some you know not really exciting area but for some reason all these records were done there um and of note are like fleetwood mac and tom petty in the mm -hmm. 70s and then the first raise against the machine album and the first two tool records were done there and so that's a big deal to me yeah uh, two of my favorite bands and uh they when the digital age started coming in they didn't update and one of the guys that worked there went and started another studio across the street with all the digital stuff. With all the, the fancy bells. And in the end yeah. of the movie, they close the studio. And uh, Dave Grohl buys their Neve board and moves it into his house. I don't know why he didn't just save the studio with right. that money. <laughs> but maybe the guy was just like, I give up now. Um, so that kind of you know stuck with me a few years ago when i saw that and i was like yes you know like you you have to accept that the technology is changing and and not be like oh i'm just gonna do tape all the time you know <laughs> like 
people are going to be like, well, okay, well, I'm not going to work with you then. You know, you need to be able to to work all this other stuff. Yeah, you got to be able to work with the new producers that are on the cutting edge of technology already. You know, yeah. there's so many people that are doing. You're already in danger when you become my age of of just not knowing what the hell's going on in the yeah in the you know the new with all the new music and with kids and what they like and everything else. It's like gets harder and harder. You're just like I don't I don't know. You tell me what you like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it changes so quickly. So you look at you know the a lot of the SoundCloud rappers that are so famous now, it's not just because of the technology. It's the fact that they've put their name out there. They've gone through everything. But this is stuff that they're, they're just getting beats off the internet or, or whatever, right? That's what Miss so, Missile does stuff like that. He's told me about SoundCloud. Yeah, it, it's just stuff. bonkers that if you don't know about that stuff, though, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot by not at least trying to embrace it. And then you're... Like what you said, you're gonna be closed, and Dave Grohl's gonna buy your board. Like that's that's, <laughs> that's what's gonna end up happening. And yeah, so we we talk a lot about you know getting um, just bringing those people in, and like they need to do vocals because their vocals are sounding like garbage at home. Yeah, they're, they're they, recording on a microphone on their computer or whatever, right? Yeah, and they need somebody who has those skills in order to track something acoustically, um, and then go home, and then they have it. Right, and we want to be able to do that. We want to like cater to them, and and uh, you know even offer them something extra, like you know that well I get to come in and you you have these plugins that I'll never afford, right? You know, um, and machines that they'll never afford. You know, like the keyboards that we have and all that stuff. So um, they might even find stuff that there's way more they didn't seen, even yeah. know about. Yeah, yeah. So how does the recording process for you translate to the music that you're actually uh making and and creating for yourself too are you taking any of the stuff that you've seen here in your past studios translate to any of the music that you're you're producing too yeah um i mean it's always it's always cool to like um see how somebody else might do something like that and then it's also i mean i i take every experience as a learning experience and i try to like develop like my skill of people working that's basically what i do you know is i try to get people in a comfortable space to be creative because that's me you know so i'm not like on the other side of it i'm i'm the musician first right you know and um so yeah i mean all of that all those records and stuff that like i get to work on um definitely help me when i'm not you know like to to fulfill that like hole in me to create all the time um if, if something's not you know happening if like my drummer's gone on tour or something you know like it's it's awesome it feels like you get to be a part of a band for like a short period and then you're like i'm gone right you know and you get to do the fun stuff the creative stuff you know you get to help them. Any advice that you have? Because you've been playing music for what twenty years. Day, almost thirty. Ooh, okay. I wasn't gonna tell you how old you were, but that that works too. Yeah. Yeah. Almost, almost thirty. So when when did you start playing music? Uh, I always say eleven. Eleven. Was when I picked, started seriously playing the guitar, 
and I started bands like immediately. And <laughs> yeah. What was one of the the first bands that that really meant something to you? Oh. Man. Led Zeppelin probably. One of the first bands that you were part of that really meant I was something. in Led Zeppelin. You were in Led Zeppelin. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um <laughs> Oh, um... You're not that old. A band that I was in that meant something to me? Oh, I guess that 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 band I had, um, I was like 15 or 16, the full circle, and I was in there for like seven years or something. And I was... I, I went from like a dorky guitar player, will you play with me, guys? I need somebody <laughs> to play with. You know, and like... It was like three brothers and like all their friends hanging out all the time playing music. And I was like, I learned these Green Day songs. Will you play them with me? And uh, and they did. And like I put up with a lot of crap <laughs> being having my Aerosmith shirt on. You know, that wasn't cool, I guess. And uh, then I by the end of it, I was like the the singer in the band, you know, the lead singer. And that was weird. But uh that's a that's quite a transformation too yeah but, you know I'm, I'm super shy so right yeah so you went from literally just being like hey play with me to being the front man of that and then you've been a front man of multiple bands now well, right? that one and then the one after yeah which was what a paper machine monster yeah right that, that's, so. the <laughs> that's the good one yeah I, th I think that's the good one too uh, I was listening to. I still love all my all the old stuff I've ever done. I still go back and listen even to those full circle things, and I, I love a lot about it. A lot of it makes me laugh. Um, but a paper mache monster was like sort of where, I felt really comfortable in my own skin in a way because, um, you know, being being in a band where you're like the singer and like it's really vulnerable and and like, you got to have people who are everyone in the band has to be like behind you and like behind your message behind the well way. just just like that you're doing it right you know and and not feel like you know other people's egos are like you know getting in the way of you doing what you're supposed to be doing you know and it was a weird different kind of songwriting um because we wrote songs for a while because of the singer problem that's why i became the singer because we couldn't keep one and our song circle. yeah and our songs would be written before that and um so not thinking about vocals beforehand most of the time and then i had to go and write something on top of that that i was satisfied with but we like we'd get proggy and then we'd also get really like simple and things like that and and it was a lot to learn yeah it was probably a lot to balance between vocals and and the music that you're doing if you're just kicking the vocals off to the side yeah and like I, I i stopped playing guitar um for a little bit um in the band like just singing and trying that and i was not comfortable at all um sometimes i kind of liked it but for the most part i mean i'm just a guitar player mm -hmm. and um but it was fun like trying to learn how to play complicated guitar parts and sing at the same time because like you you can't you know, multitasking is not a real thing. <laughs> and uh, you get to concentrate on one or the other. Right. And then the other, like the other, the limb or your mouth kind of just goes on autopilot. <laughs> and it's, it, it kind of sucks because you can't enjoy both of them equally at the same time. Yeah, because it's just reflex it. after a while, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. So 
I mean, there were, I mean, there's plenty of times where I was like, I don't even know if I played that right or anything. You know? <laughs> I, was like, I just kind of jumped on the singing, like trying to concentrate on, on doing that correctly because it's the, the main focus. And but, trying to remember the words, all, all that stuff in there, yeah. Yeah. So then A Paper Mache Monster was with some people from that band. And, uh, and so I just kept singing with that, but stuck to guitar and, and writing songs with the bassist and then, uh, and then making more complicated guitar parts and trying to sing over them, yeah. but <laughs> making it more like, I got to think about this first, you know, I got to think about the vocals too at the same time. Right. And now you're in Virginia creep, mm -hmm. which is just you back to playing just guitar. Right. So I was listening to, I think it was Irish demon. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Um, Ben, uh, we're talking about Ben Tufts. Um, he put it on his own playlist, like the, the selected discography that he has on Spotify. So that came up, and like the first, I feel like maybe 30 seconds of that song, it just reminded me of the guitar tone, all the different stuff of that, reminded me of that Paper Shade Monster. And I was like, this is amazing. This is, <laughs> this is what I want to listen to. Now I got to go back to that record and listen to it. And then it just goes into the, the Virginia Creep stuff. So how is that transition from being that leading man, being the probably the primary songwriter for Paper Mache to back to just guitar? Um, it's great. I hate writing lyrics. It takes me forever. <laughs> I'm so picky and uh, I just get in my own way. And it'll just take me freaking years. It did. It took me years to finish some of those songs. And I finished a seven-song EP, you know what I mean? And then, um, I honestly, I don't even know if I ever finished any more songs after that. They were all, like, sort of unfinished. Just ideas. And, you know, I would have lyrics and, like, the melody and demo drums and everything else, but I don't think that I ever quite finished one and was satisfied with it. And that's just kills me me creatively and i just can't do it i just i need collaboration okay absolutely need that so not having to write the lyrics or the vocals and just being like i'm just gonna do what i do best i guess is yeah the thing i'm most comfortable doing and um it's been the best band situation ever for That's me fantastic yeah i just i just love like my role pretty much you know and do you carry that through when you're recording these projects and, and helping out people, being that, that fifth or sixth member of the band for that one project and just helping them out? Because you have that role to fill. You have that ability to kind of chime in with your own stuff throughout the, the process, right? Yeah, and, and doing doing that and being being in a band with Ben, definitely I get used to my ideas getting shot down right away. <laughs> Um, and then some of them where he's like, you know, just in love with them and, you know, with like the very few, it's, you know, it's, I mean, it's like, I guess, um, maybe 2% of, no, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have crazy ideas all the time and, and not many of them stick, but over the years you get used to just going, that's fine. You know, like I'm not married to that. Right. It's just an idea. Um, so that is definitely helped me in this process of trying to offer suggestions and ideas and being able to say like, it's not me, it's not me in the end. It's not my project. It's yours. 
So here's some ideas I can give you, mm -hmm. and you can take them and use them if you want to make the thing better if you if you want to. And um, it's very it's very satisfying to me. I mean, even even all those ideas that get shot down, like I don't remember them, <laughs> but the good ones stay, and they're in there. And I can listen back and I go, oh, yeah, I remember, like, you know, coming up with that idea or that suggestion or something. And, um, yeah. Do you like hearing the records and having, you know, knowing that's your footprint on some of it? That's your DNA on it? Yeah. I, I still listen back to I, – I listen to, you know, everything that I've done pretty much. Uh, I I know that there's, there's like, I've – I've run into two types of, of creative people. And the one type is that they never, you know, I watched an interview with, um, Alec Baldwin has a new talk show and he interviewed Mike Myers mm -hmm. and about, you know, obviously Austin Powers and Wayne's world. And, and like, he's never watched any of his stuff. Those, yeah. He's never watched it. Um, until he showed his son, Austin Powers. Um, and so there's those types that never listen to anything they do. And I don't know how they do that. Cause like I go, well, now it's done. Now I got to go back and, and figure out what I did that I don't like. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but for the most part, I go back and I just enjoy it at that point. And I, I enjoy listening to those records I've made. Do you think now that you're able to disengage a little bit more that it could help your own writing with going back to the paper and shade stuff or going back to any of your own solo stuff at all? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> I still think I'm going to be, like, hypercritical and just, you know, it's like me talking to myself, and that just doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> it's It's better when it's, like, somebody who's not me. Gotcha. And I'm, okay. I'm collaborating with them because... If it's just me, I'll just never, never finish it, probably. Yeah. Do you take any of the, the experience that you've had recording your own projects, the good and the bad, with the stuff that you're recording now with all these other bands that come in? Like, do you think, oh, that was a really crappy experience. I don't want that to happen to me. I don't want them to think that I'm the this terrible person that is just yelling at them the entire time. Like, no, you got to redo it five times. Well, I don't ever yell at people. Okay. Well, except right. you know people that are closest to me. <laughs> um, but I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have two little kids and and yeah, um, and a little sister. <laughs> so, but I don't, you know. As far as uh, it depends on um, the producer role because I haven't really done it a ton, like a lot, really. Um, it's been mostly accidental, and like somebody's been like, "I'm giving you producer credit," and I go, "Oh, great, you know." Thanks. Um, so the the traditional like you know thinking of those mad scientist producers and stuff like mm -hmm. doesn't happen with me, and I could never talk to somebody that way. So um, I don't want to be, I don't want to ever be like, you know, I know, I know best. Right. You know, because I don't, they do, you know, it's theirs. So um, there are some experiences, though, where, you know, it was going bad or 
it looked like it wasn't going to go well. Like it was, it was like this isn't going in the right direction. The tension is there. But then the fact that it got turned around and eventually happened and it was good. Um, that's happened. So that might be every one of them. I don't know. Um, well, that's good that you're at least able to bring them back, and, and it's a good experience because I think that would probably be the most important thing when it comes to recording a project that someone's worked so hard on is knowing that they're in a safe space right. to really do everything that they want to do and not have to worry about you know what the producer is thinking to an extent, right? You know, you want to take their advice a little bit here and there, but it's at the end of the day, it's your project. It's it's your name that that's being on there. So I would assume that the biggest thing, just like when you go into kind of any kind of work environment, is that you want to feel safe. You want to feel happy. You want to feel like you can produce the the best material that you can do. So I would think that's probably something that would come into your mind or, or at least be conscious of it, right? Yeah, and, and that's that's the main idea of this place, you know, is to um, like okay we're you're not here to serve us and like you know all that we're here to like make something happen for you you know and we're we're kind of going above and beyond of what we think usually happens is just oh you book these hours okay we'll see you then and then uh you show up and then we figure out what you're doing um, we actually, you know, want to talk about it beforehand and, and say, what do you need and how can we make what you want to happen, happen and, uh, make you comfortable, make your stay comfortable. Um, do you need video photos, you know, what, you know, online pre help with your online presence and, and all that stuff, you know, like we want to make something happen, especially with the ones that we you know, see potential in. Right. Um, and because we just want to, we just want to be part of the things, like I said, like the records I've made that we just want to do that. Yeah. And be, and facilitate those things. So not only do you have kind of the, the modern idea in the, the back of the house and in, in your backbone, but you also think about their online presence. You think about all that stuff when you're you're talking to a, a person that's coming in to mm -hmm. to do a record too yeah we we kind of go over like you know what's your goal here um what can what can we do to like uh help you like with that you're not really like maybe um you don't have all the players you need you know you need a session drummer or something um maybe you need a producer maybe you know so so we're going to, you know, we're building a network of, of people that we will, you know, bring in for those things. And we can say, oh, well, I think this person would be good with you on this project. Um, and we've had some people shoot video in here and like transformed it with like smoke machines and stuff. It's crazy. That's amazing. And the, and the pictures, you can't even tell it's here. Right. But um, there's a photo place right across the street that we've been working with. And, you know, we want, we want their record to do well. And we want to, you know, we're not managing them, but we are, like, trying to um, get them off on the right foot and feel like, you know, because a lot of times when you get a record done on your own, then what? You yeah. Know, yeah. What's the next now it's step? done. Yeah. What's the next step? And a lot of people don't know what that is. Maybe they, um, maybe they're curious. Maybe they have no clue and they need somebody to 
tell them like, well, you know, you should be thinking about these things. And, you know, we don't force it on them. We don't say, you know, we're not like, you're stupid or you need to do it this way. It's just, you know, um, oh, well, you, you only have two two acoustic guitar players and you both are playing the same thing at the same time. So we suggest you play something else on top of what he's playing. Right. And um, if you want a, to do a rock record, but you're an acoustic act, well, we know all these people that can come in and help you do that. And then... Um, we can even help, you know, with arrangement and stuff like that because a lot of the people involved have just done that constantly all day, right. every day. So That network and that community is probably really important too, I would I would assume. So when, when you look at – so we're both from Southern Maryland, and when you look at the, the community down there, there's spots of community and spots of people that are trying to do stuff. But it's so disjointed, it, it's very hard. So it sounds like you're actually trying to bring everything together in one place for everybody and to make that be able to be a, a spot that they can continue to go to and grow with, which is fantastic. Yeah, or, you know, you can come hang out or something. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah, we, we want it to be, like, community-based, you know? Like, um, we're all friendly, and we we just want to do cool things and we know that what it takes to you know do to be happy and do things like that is community and like um it is disjointed in the city it's just like little pockets of of stuff and no one's like hey let's make dc cool or something it, it, it at least it doesn't seem that way it's right. like we need we need to find the ones that do and connect with them and then bridge that gap and like try to make something happen here that people take notice of, you know, um, because you want people to take notice so you can continue doing it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you create stuff so it'll get, I mean, like with my band, like, you know, we, we, we just, you know, we do it for ourselves and, um, but we know that, you know, there's an audience and we like, if we can, have people like us, then we can go somewhere and play a show and people will show up. And that's satisfying, you know, when somebody says, I like it, you know. Um, but I was thinking about it in the car today and I was like, how much, how much do, you know, like, I've always want, I always want to ask, like, you know, what does everyone think of the, like, last thing we did or something? Right. But at the same time, like, I don't, I don't really want, like, you know, critiques. Just say you liked it or you didn't, you know, like, that's all that really matters to me. Like, otherwise, we're not going to change what we're doing, you know, based on what like people right. are saying. But we want to we want we want somebody to like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's kind of the whole idea. Um, my my whole idea for this is for it to hopefully grow and and do whatever it's going to do. But the worst case scenario for it, it's a personal record for me. Yeah. Of being able to talk to everybody and, and reconnect with some people that I haven't seen in a while. Um, and then also try and get their stories out as much as possible and, you know, dig and have like meaningful conversations because that's, we don't usually have that a lot. A lot of it's superficial. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say like the, the worst case scenario for me is that this is just for me, which is fine, <laughs> whatever. Um, and the best case scenario is that people like it and they've, feedback and and they tell you what you're doing wrong what you're doing right and what they like what they don't like you know yada 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 um so yeah i mean i'm 
I'm all for the community experience. I'm all for trying to make sure that that happens and trying to connect people. You know, the whole idea for me for this is to bring Southern Maryland kind of up to D.C. and Baltimore and vice versa, uh, trying to bring some bigger community about, which is been very very difficult i would say <laughs> uh, well when i was in southern maryland as 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 a youngster uh there was a whole world happening in a lot of different areas and like i had no idea yeah you know so at the same time i'm doing all that like uh ben ben's and sterling um hanging out with all these these bands that apparently you know are doing well um and and um making a name for themselves you know and like I just wonder, like, what if we had met them, you know, right. like we could have played with some of them, right. you know, and like, I mean, I get along with with my other two bandmates who are from Sterling, um, just as well as people from Southern Maryland, you know, they're like very similar. Yeah, so. everybody's the same. Uh, I think one of my favorite things that I've done is actually brought uh, Pygmy Lush down to, to Leonardtown, to Southern Maryland, which is former members of page 99 so they're all from sterling they're all from that area and they're just like this is the same thing everything's the same and it was silly though because i um so i went to see pygmy lush when denali played their last show in dc so this was like 10 years ago at least um and then i i went to go buy merch from the pygmy lush guys and i just reverted back to a fanboy and barely talked to him he's like I recognize you. I was like, no, you don't. It's okay. I booked the show with you, but it's okay. I'm just going to buy a shirt and, <laughs> and go over here. Um, but, yeah, it was, it's, it's just weird that there, there's so many different things that are happening that if, if you could just talk to the next person, you know, you guys could all collaborate and everything would be better. <laughs> yeah, it's really bizarre. I mean, like, I started playing, you know, music with my friend who's the basis for good charlotte when i was in middle school <laughs> i forget about that yeah. yeah and then uh and now i'm in a band with the singer from pig destroyer so right it's weird yeah and then um but it's cool though i mean like it there's there's just, it's a small world um and sterling man it must it's like the waldorf of freaking virginia of virginia yeah i swear <laughs> The, it was like, I don't know. I've I've been to other countries many times, and like I ran into like the singer, um, the second singer of Dillinger Escape Plan. Um, I played a show in Holland with um, all these big bands, and Dillinger Escape Plan was there, and like I talked to him, and I was like, "You're from where I'm from," and he's from Baltimore. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about that. It was weird, like that familiarity was like, yeah, so weird. That because he's from Baltimore, I'm from you know Southern Maryland, which is an hour and a half, but still, yeah, you know, and it felt like just, you're a whole world away, but close to someone that you almost know. Yeah, like just hearing him talk and 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 how he talked and like his 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 you know timbre and all that and his voice was like, this is weird. Um, so that's kind of how it is when I like. You know, everyone over there is thinks I'm from Sterling. So. <laughs> I'm like, no, man. I, I, you know, people ask me that, like, when they they come up at some of the Virginia Creep shows too. It's like, so you're from Sterling, right? I'm like, nope, nope. I lived in Ashburn. 
if that helps at but all. that is not why right <laughs> i just so happens i married someone who you know lived in ashburn but that's funny yeah so that 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 world um is very small and uh I always wonder that, like, what if, like, I played, like, with those bands at that point? Because, yeah. like, my, I mean, my band was never on a label or anything, but for some reason they're, like, just growing, like, hotcakes over over right. in, like, Northern Virginia. Right. Because even, even... Because the label we're on, or we're not, like, on it, they, Robotic Empire releases our stuff, you know, started mm-hmm. it there. Yeah. So... Which they put out amazing stuff all throughout. Um, I think they put out some These Arms Are Snakes records... If I remember right, um, just some of my favorite music has come from that label, or at least distributed from that label. Right. So it, it's cool for me to know someone that has music <laughs> on there. Um, it's just because they're from, they're from there. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, he'll, he, you know, I bet Robotic will put it out. Oh, okay, let's ask him. And then, yeah, you know, and it's, it's just that I simple. I guess you forget, I think. Also, fans forget, and then upcoming musicians forget that people are people. Like that's that's the whole thing. Just ask. Like just be cool, and nine times out of ten, someone's gonna <laughs> someone's gonna. I be thought cool I was back cool. To, yeah, yeah. I guess I was. Yeah, a little guess bit. A little, a little cool. bit. Um, one of the things that you're able to do is make. I feel like make your passion into somewhat of a career, right? So you've played music for years. You've been able to open this studio. You've worked with other studios before. How do you balance that with your family and the fact that you have the two little ones, right? Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought about just quitting everything and getting a daytime job? (laughs) I did, Um, you know, at one point um, because it's the status quo. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just not for me. I just... Uh, I suck at daytime jobs. Like I suck at them. I hate them. I get lazy. I feel depressed. Um, it's just I can't do it. And um, this is the only thing I've ever like actually like worked my ass off at. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, also happens to be the same thing that I love to do more than anything. So. Um, it's weird because you know if I bump into people I haven't seen in years and I always think like (laughs) it's always like this funny reaction sort of like so what are you doing like well you know I'm playing music you know I'm a musician and stuff it's like the coolest thing to them because they (laughs) have the nine to five suburban lifestyle Um, but at the same time it's like you know it's not it's not anyone's first choice to make money you know when like oh you're doing that you know like the reaction when you're a teenager you're doing that is mm-hmm. like you're wasting your life mm-hmm. and you need a you need a different um option. you gotta go to college or yes. go get a job why are you just playing guitar with your dumb long hair yes go get a haircut go get a job yeah but it, it was it was way more than than they knew to me mm-hmm. i think maybe they saw it as a. Uh, you know, an easy way out, but it's not, you know, it, it, no one would choose this as an easy way out of anything. Cause Being, it's not easy. No, making money at music is not. Yeah. If you look at it, so there's, there's still a ton of people that play music, um, all over the area, Southern Maryland, all the way up that have gone from original bands 
to cover bands to make money that way or done what maybe Ben does, which is play in all the bands <laughs> and get like session work. Um, it's, it's always amazing to me, the people that can make money out of it because I know how difficult it is. You know, they're not, their original bands are playing for 10, 20, maybe 50 people, hopefully. Right. And they're not going to get paid for that. They, they still have other jobs that they have to go and, and wake up to. So it, it's always something that, that stuck with me. The fact that the people that have found that balance and that have been able to somehow make a career out of this and make a living to where they can even support not only themselves, but also their, their little ones. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's definitely, um, I mean, like I said, it's, it's not easy to, to do it and to keep doing it in the face of, um, you know, well, you don't have the proof yet, you know, and I'm like, I don't, I don't have a lot of money. I don't have very much money, um, but I do. I am like absolutely happy with what I do, and um, I get to bring my kids here, and like my daughter um, wants to play drums, and she bangs on the drums, and she plays on the piano, and um, my son like played the ukulele over the phone for me last night, and he's seven, That's and I've never heard him play it ever. I didn't know he was even fiddling with that thing. You know, we got it for him in Hawaii, and uh, he's he's got it. He's like, hey, I want to play something for you. And he just, for like five minutes, just like, bling, bling, bling. I wrote this for you. Bling, ding, ding, you know. And that is just incredible to me because I think music is just very important to, to just everybody, their their mental well-being and everything. You know, like I, I notice when I don't, like the days where I'm like, man, something's not right today. I don't feel right. I haven't listened to music today. I've yeah. totally forgot. And then when I do, I actually feel better. Yeah, for sure. It yeah. completely it completely changes your your outlook for the day, your mood, whatever. So mm -hmm. you have those songs that if you're sad, you listen to to be sad and like to connect with you or to flip the switch and be like, "All right, I need to throw that under the rug and and keep going with my day." Or so yeah. it's it's an amazing thing, and that's that's awesome that you're able to instill that into uh, your kids in there. Yeah, I want them to know the importance of of being creative, and you know, my um, she also is like an artist like me. I mean, she's only six, but like her drawings like like surprise me. I'm like, this is good. It's like <laughs> weird and like eerie and good. Like she's a little you know macabre with some of it. And she's only six, and like she likes horror movies and stuff, um, you know. And it, it's really cool. And then like my son loves um, video games and likes to, um, you know, analyze and figure out everything in the video right. game and all that. And that's me too, you know. Like I just love to like you know figure something out. Um, so yeah, that uh, that that's. That's like the happiest I've been is like, you know, being able to to like bring them in and see them like, you know, get excited about it. And like, Latch so my daughter's asking for a drum set and a piano and a guitar for Christmas. <laughs> Which like, is kind of the dual edge. Well, I have yeah. all of them <laughs> here. You know, I don't need to buy them for you. You just come here and play. Um, but yeah, so finding that balance isn't exactly something you just get to and you're like, okay, cool, I'm there. Um, 
it's I'm still looking for it because my life changes from year to year, you know. Um, and I think other people my age that are doing the other, it feels like it's it's only like you have two choices in life: you're a musician or you're not, you know, right. or like you're an artist or you're not. You know, like you either go down the creative path and you do what like fuels you or you go down the other one and you just you do it for the financial like yep. your security. And um, I think those those people doing that are are also trying to find their own balance with having some sort of outlet to define who they are rather than their job defining who they are, because they don't want their jobs to define who they are. You know, I don't think, you know, I, I doubt my dad would ever want like Roy Rogers or Renaissance to have ever defined who he was. Yeah. I don't, I don't want my job to be the only, the end all be all, you know, that's one of the reasons why I use the book shows. It's one of the reasons why I'm doing this. This is my creative outlet for the most part, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I, you have to fit that in with the other thing. Yeah. 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 And then on top of you know everything else, and, and try to—it's all a puzzle piece. They're they're all trying to make make that jigsaw that's on the the table or whatever. Uh, you just hope that none of the, the the pieces look exactly the same. So you want everything to be a little bit different, and to all bring together this this nice little picture. Um, so we talked about how hard it was uh, to keep going with this, and and the fact that it, it's not an easy out. So what keeps you the most motivated to keep going and, and keep pursuing this? Um, it, it's, not, it's not like a, a thing to, that I could uh, just say. Well, I th like, it's not something I've thought about um, like, that I could just point to or, or like identify. And I was, talk I talk I was talking to Jim um, Ebert that produces out of here uh, the other day about that and I was like people do ask me all, all, quite often you know how do I keep doing it mm -hmm. and I just say I can't not do it I just don't know how to not do it you know like it's like my brain says do that and <laughs> that's all you want to do just do that and it made my choice for me. You know what I mean? I didn't, right. I, it's not like, um, when you're, you know, they, they make it seem like in high school, like, well, you gotta, you know, open this book of careers and you got to pick a career and, and, you know, your guidance counselor, you got to install your you, career chip yeah. like on Futurama. Yeah. And, right. But your, guidance, <laughs> your guidance counselor never told you that there's another way to, to do it. Right. You know, the, your guidance counselor is telling you go to college, find something that you're good at, excel at that, and then go for it. And, I think there's also the other part where people spend a whole bunch of money and time and art school and, and in all this stuff. And unfortunately then flip to being another cog in the machine and they have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars back. And it's, it's rough. Um, my sister thankfully somehow has a fashion degree that she's using, which I never thought would be possible. Um, so it's it's interesting to see all those different aspects of it and then find the people that almost fall into, quote-unquote, fell into the cracks but also found their own way to get back up. Right. And I think that's the most – for me, it's it's the, the biggest form of admiration that I have for them is trying to, you know, get their stories out and 
right. and try to say, you know, it's it's not just black and white. It's not just, you know, the the STEM. It's it's creative arts too has to be a part of it. You know, music, like what you were saying, is such a big part of how our brains work, it, how we develop, how we communicate with people, how we even bring society around. Like you've you've never met a society ancient or otherwise that haven't had some form of music in there which is weird when you are confronted with the fact that people don't want to pay for it or they don't or they right. don't think that it's right it's a good idea to invest your time into doing it yeah <laughs> it doesn't make yeah. any sense to me everybody is consuming this stuff everybody needs enter everybody is using entertainment or why it's so hard to bring your friends out to a show like that's that's a whole other part of it. Like they should be more than happy to to come out and support. And then it unfortunately stuff happens and they're not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like oh, I gotta drive out there and find parking. I gotta pay for this and yeah. And then I'm gonna get home late because of this. And then and yeah. then you just don't get out of bed. Yeah. You just yeah. go. Yeah. Sorry, I just didn't wanna. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't come to your show. I I didn't want to. Right. <laughs> I think I think that was a meme I saw. But uh, <laughs> I would I would honestly rather them just be honest. Like if that's it, that's cool. I I didn't want to get out of bed. Perfect. Thank you. I appreciate it. Just don't don't bother yourself. But next time, maybe try. You know, I know for me personally, I try to get out, and I don't want to a lot of times. That's all. when you you realize you can't rely on your family and friends. Yeah. To come out to all of those shows. If you do one once every five or ten years and you make it a big deal. Like <laughs> when I played 930 Club, you know, everybody came out to that. That was a huge deal. Um, but, you know, well, I'm still I'm playing another show at this place again. Right. Uh, I don't want to. Yeah. Um, but the... The college thing is like once you decide what you're doing, it seems like you're stuck to me. I know you can change majors and things, right? But you've cho you've chosen your school, and some schools are specialty schools, and it just seemed like okay, man, you got to seal your fate now, you know. And that didn't appeal to me. I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to seal my fate yet. You know, I I was going to go to art school, um, but it's a lot of money. Yeah. And there's everyone will tell you, you know, well, being an artist is going to not make you any money. Oh, okay, well, I, I should do what makes me money then? Okay. <laughs> um, that's what you're just kind of told. At least, um, you know, the generation I, I grew up being in, you know, like my parents are the one before that – we're told by their parents to uh, get job security and do all those things. You know, like the American dream is Buy a work. house, have a family. Yes. So my by 25. my parents come from the uh, getting taught the American dream. Um, you know, nuclear family, all that. Yes, and uh, it was a real, real blow to them when my dad couldn't work anymore because like he had hit his head too many times in life and. Um, he he was having like problems with seizures, and he had to like take medication and everything. And then he like, you know, kept hurting himself and cut part of his thumb off. Hmm. Yeah. Um, 
because of all that. And then so they were like, okay, well, we got to give the job to somebody else because you haven't been here in a while. And then my mom worked at the same place for 20 years, you know, and they sold it. And a bunch of rich people just sold this company and said, bye. And that was it. And I was like, so much for job security. Holy <laughs> shit. You know, that that was a big it was a big blow to them. It was a big like I told you so. To, right. To, right. For me. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> I just I don't I don't you know revel in like the their suffering. I love my parents, but um, they've also probably been. I like finding out answers to yeah. life's questions, and that was a good one. You know, uh, don't don't just think that you have it all figured out now because I was married and had that figured out. Now I'm not. So I don't have that figured out. So anytime you figure that thing out, like just it's going to end at some point. <laughs> so you, you, you better be like cool with, you know, who you are and like what you've been pursuing this whole time, because you might wake up one day and go, man, I never learned to, you know, play the harp or something. Right. And that's what I've always wanted. <laughs> cool. I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good.